Welcome to the Next Level Soul podcast, where we ask the big questions about life. Why are we here? Is this all there is? What is my soul's mission? We attempt to answer those questions and more by bringing you raw and inspiring conversations with some of the most fascinating and thought-provoking guests on the planet today. I am your host, Alex Ferrari. I've always wanted to help the audience take their soul to the next level, so I've partnered with Mind Valley and other amazing free courses on spirituality, mind, body, soul, longevity, wealth, and so much more. All you need to do is go to nextlevelsoul.com forward slash free. Disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the guest and do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of this show, its host, or any of the companies they represent. Now, today on the show, we have Guru Dev Sirisiri Ravi Shankar. Now, Guru Dev is a mystic from India whose work has truly changed the world. He has tens of millions of followers around the world and is trying to truly not only awaken us, but bring us together as one species. And we had a wonderful eye-opening conversation about quantum physics, the meaning of the universe, the meaning of reality, all from a Vedic perspective or from his perspective and combining the wisdom of the East with quantum physics. If you are interested in fascinating conversations, you are definitely in the right place. So let's dive in. I'd like to welcome to the show, Guru Dev Sirisiri Ravi Shankar. Thank you so much for being on the show, my friend. I've been a big fan of yours for a while, and I love the work that you're doing, Gurudev. Um, you're, you and I have an aligned mission in life to awaken the planet and to make it a happier and healthier place for all of these souls. So I, first of all, I want to thank you and appreciate all the work that you're doing for the world. Thank you, Alex. And uh, continue doing what you have been doing. I mean, you have been an inspiration for millions around the world. I'm trying, my friend. I am trying. So my very first question to you is, I wanted to delve into areas that I I normally don't see you asked a lot about, which is how spirituality is mixed with quantum physics and how those two worlds intersect. So I know you have a background in physics as well as a, a background in spirituality. So how do spirituality and quantum physics intersect for you? I think quantum physics says it's all just vibrations. Everything mm-hmm. is just wave function. And spirituality says absolutely the same thing, but in a different mm-hmm. language. It says everything is panda. In the Sanskrit, panda means vibrations. Mm-hmm. And they said there are two different types of pandas. One special vibration and ordinary vibration. Matter is called the special vibration. And ordinary vibration is just the space, which is non-matter or it does just energy which is not uh, visible for our five senses. So then how does the Vedic concept of Maya or illusion align with our modern discussion of simulation theory? You know, that's exactly what the uh, latest uh, Nobel laureates in physics, or last year's Nobel laureates, in, the three scientists have said the world doesn't exist. <laughs> it's not the way it, what we see or think it is. Maya, you know, the word measure in English comes from the Sanskrit word called Maya, 
that means that which can be measured mm-hmm. and all that could be measured is maya that sight and smell taste sound all that but what cannot be measured is love compassion truth you can't say i have 2 kilos of love and 3 kilos of compassion are <laughs> uh, 10 pounds of uh, truth no these values which cannot be measured are called that which is not maya which is true so if we are living in a simulation guru dev what is the purpose of this simulation and is there a player playing the 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 game if this is a game a simulation let's say and we are players in a video game our avatars are who is playing the player and what is above that and then who designed the who designed it all in the first place <laughs> first of all there is nobody sitting up there who design and who makes you do a mistake and then comes after you to punish right. you no, no, not no, no, at no. all you know it's uh, what is this i would say is science knowing objectively and who am i is spirituality and the who am i question takes you in the journey to really find out the center of all actions which is uh, a witness to actions mm. number one second is that spirit by which everything is made and in which everything is almost like hologram you know in mm-hmm. hologram you get all the, it's the same light which comes as all different characters in the mm-hmm. same way we see that the one universal consciousness and its play and display as the whole fun in creation there's a concept that i've i've been hearing a lot about because i have conversations with near death experiencers and spiritual masters like yourself who say that everything is happening all at once so there is no past there is no future uh this so we are we i always my analogy is we are at the point in the record the record is our existence and the soul is where where we are right now is the point on the needle touching the record but everything has already happened in the past and in the future how can you explain that to somebody in a way that makes sense because it's a hard concept to understand that everything is happening all at once and how does that interact with free will see if you have if you're flying higher up and if you are flying above the ocean and you look down the waves appear to be stationary you will see uh, on the beach you'll see just a line of white uh, uh, lining of mm-hmm. waves which appear to be not moving at all have you noticed that anytime? yes of course of course yeah but when you come down then you see it's not the same wave every minute there is a new wave coming up so right. this is a combination of both classical chemistry and quantum physics that is where the truth is they both are correct for example mm-hmm. i can say no this is all wood yes that's true even it comes to fire this will all burn mm-hmm. but then they say no the chair is not the table table is not the door door is not the floor floor is not the ceiling it's very different if you say the chair has to be door i say no it's not so so in the same way in life there is free will and destiny 
life is neither all destiny or nor all free will. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Like your height is your destiny and your weight is your free will. <laughs> my free my free will has been going crazy lately, Gurudev. <laughs> <laughs> I need to work on my free will. No question about it. I think most of us do in the West have to work on our free will. But that's a really good point of view because you're right. When you're born, you're going to be six foot tall. You're going to be five foot tall. That's nothing, absolutely nothing you can do about that. It's just part of your destiny. But your weight or where you walk or how you walk, those kind of like what direction you walk is your free will. But there's things, but are there markers in your life that are destined? So in other words, there will be that car accident. You will be born to these parents. You will uh, go down this this road, or you will be, you know, in the music industry, or you will be in an author. There's certain things that will happen, but how you right. get there is different. Right, right. You know, it's like baking an apple pie. Once you bake an apple pie, and the apple, you cannot bring it to its original, uh, uh, you know. Um, Unbaked Stay. apple. You cannot make it unbaked apple. But if the if the sweetness is less, you put a little more syrup in it. If it's too much syrup, you put a little more apple or flour. You can play around with that. Similarly, it's you know if it's raining outside, it is destiny. Mm-hmm. But to get wet or not to get wet is your free will. You can take an umbrella, mm-hmm. and you you will uh, stay dry, right? So. Life is a combination and knowing what is destiny, what is free will is our wisdom. How we apply Mm -hmm. our wisdom to accept the destiny and to uh, play with the free will is all up to us. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. So what is the difference between knowledge and free, and wisdom? Knowledge is uh, uh, that you simply hear and you appreciate. Wisdom is that becomes part of your life. Beautiful answer to that. Now, lately there has been a lot of talk um, in, in the zeitgeist about the multiverse, other dimensions, other realities. These are concepts that have been in the Vedic texts for millennia, but it is starting to come, people are becoming more aware of it and also more accepting of these ideas and also with quantum physics. So how do spiritual dimensions align with multiple realities in quantum physics? Spiritual, di- uh, you know, spiritual dimension mm-hmm. accepts this. It reveals the multiple dimensions. Mm-hmm. You know, first of all, we must know that we have three dimensions that everyone go through, waking, dreaming, and sleeping. Mm-hmm. Now, if we understand these three dimensions well, which we don't, usually we ignore, we just do not even pay any attention to our dreams, we don't pay attention to our deep sleep, or even ponder into it. If we do this, then we have the fourth state of consciousness, which is none of this, but is in the background of all that, which one can experience in meditation. But then if we move on with that uh, practice, then we get into a state then that uh, inner calmness, serenity, the witness consciousness exists in spite of all other 
activity you do, whether you're sleeping or dreaming, everything, you get into another dimension. Then we have access to other subtle uh, energies, subtle uh, worlds that are around us. You know, our brain is like a frequency analyzer. Mm -hmm. You see? And we can use it the way uh, we want once we are very familiar with it. Can you explain to me or can you explain to the audience the process of meditation and after years of a practice in meditation, what starts to happen spiritually to you? Because from my perspective, of my, I've been meditating six, seven years um, pretty steadily, hour to two hours a day. And I've seen from the first moments where I could barely hold together 15 minutes to where I could sit now for two or three hours and how I feel the energy, the the access to my inner voices, access to vision sometimes, all these kind of things, it seems to be growing. Can you explain to people what power that meditation has in this life and in this reality? You know, the code of conduct for a, a meditation teacher is not to tell them you have to experience this or that or that and that. Right, right. right. <laughs> you know why? Because that would be a hindrance for people's progress in meditation. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, you know, I say, oh, you will see blue light or do this and that. Then if someone sits with eyes closed and they try to anticipate that type of experience, which can turn into a hallucination or an obstruction for them to go deep within. Mm -hmm. So, But all that I could say is, practice meditation, you will discover the enormous potential you have. You will discover you are nothing but light. You discover your love and your intuitive ability will uh, start to manifest. And your innovative spirit becomes very high. So these are the benefits of meditation that you can reap. That we can, of course, say, but what you should have in meditation, it is better not said. Agreed with you 110%. <laughs> when when you go deep into meditation, is it seem, it seems like you're almost seeing behind the curtain of Maya. You're starting to grab onto the truth, if you will, of who we really are and kind of disconnecting from the illusion and understanding, oh, I'm really the light. I am really the soul. I am really that. Is that is that correct? It starts with, I'm not this. I'm not this. I'm not this. Uh -huh. And I'm not my emotions, which are changing all the time. I'm not these thoughts. And I'm not even my body. All the things in my body is changing, you know. Everything is changing. So first you recognize the changing world around you. Mm -hmm. And then you realize you can only see the change. You can recognize the changes when you accept and acknowledge there is something that is a referral point which is not changing. Mm -hmm. And slowly you step into that referral point, that self-referral value. Uh, and that's it. Then you have no questions. <laughs> very, very interesting. <laughs> Now I uh, I've I've been a devotee of uh, Paramahansa Yogananda for for many years, and uh, his book autobiography, uh, autobiography of a Yogi really changed 
the way I looked at life and spirituality. There's a con there's a, a story in there. I'd love to hear your perspective on it, where he was talking about a yogi or a master who was at two places at the same time. And how can that be explained through quantum physics? Because it sounds very quantum physics-y <laughs> being two places at the same time. But he was talking about that years before those concepts were really being delved into in quantum physics. So I'd love to hear your perspective on that. You know, it's not the physical body. The body with flesh and bones are different than the subtle body of light. You know, our subtle body can manifest in many places. It can be many places. Yes, possible. It, because does quantum physics have any answers for the, the real, how that's oh, yes. possible? Oh, yes. You know, the boom boxes are in many houses. The, the tube of, you know, television tubes are in many mm -hmm. places. Mm -hmm. uh, and that same, you know, wavelength, or radio, uh, the radio um, waves mm -hmm. are everywhere. They manifest in different, uh, you know, television sets. Oh. Isn't it? You just need to, you okay okay so that's kind of making a little bit more sense because the yogi um, or the masters figured out how to translate that signal to another place without a television let's say but those signals are around us at all times does yeah. that make sense yeah you see televisions are very different they they are in one place only mm -hmm. but the radio waves are everywhere right mm -hmm. so your body is in one place but. What the body is reflecting is the spirit, is the energy in you. The wavelength, Alex is the wavelength. That yes. Alex wavelength can be in other place too. That's beautiful. Now, is there any quantum explanations for spiritual experiences like, quote unquote, enlightenment, which is something that the West is chasing like it's a destination? From my understanding, it is not a destiny. It's not a room you walk into. It is no, no, no. <laughs> so. So, can you? Is there any way to explain those things? It's just chipping off the extra marble in you. It's your very nature. <laughs> <laughs> very Michelangelo of you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that is that is the concept of enlightenment. It's just taking off the unneeded air, unneeded pieces. Correct, correct, yeah, correct. It's peeling the banana. Off. Yeah. <laughs> Beautiful. Now, is there any um, any quantum any and is there any quantum phenomenon that hints at reincarnation or the afterlife? In your opinion? Oh yeah. You know we have three bodies: the physical body, mm -hmm. and then the subtle body of emotions, thoughts, and our idea that that our identity. And then mm -hmm. the causal body, which is even bigger. Usually mm -hmm. people think our mind is in the body. I would say the body is inside the mind. I often give this example of the wick of a candle and the glow around it. So our body is just the wick of a candle. And the glow is what we are. That's, a be that's also beautiful. Yeah, and the, the subtlest body or the uh, the causal body, what we call is, is huge. So in deep sleep, we are in touch with our causal body. In dream state, we are in the subtle body. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. 
And now back to the show. So it, it makes a big difference. You know, if you are only in your subtle body and you had dreams all night, when you wake up, you will feel very tired. Mm. But when you have had deep sleep, what is happening in the phenomenon is you are, you are with your causal body, which is the source of all energy, enthusiasm, freshness, liveliness, everything. So when you wake up after deep sleep, you feel very refreshed, energized, charged. But you know, we sleep every night, but we have never met with the sleep. We've never shaken hands with our deep sleep. Right. Yeah. Meditation helps you to do that. A, a time comes when you are able to sleep consciously. Even if you are snoring, you know you are snoring. You are dreaming, you know you are dreaming. And that is when I say life really begins. Then life becomes a celebration. You may call it enlightenment, you may call it anything. But this is exactly where you are mastering your like physical body like mm. someone who does you know everybody has the same limbs but someone who has mastered they can dance as a ballet ballet dance you know mm. how the ballet dancer they jump up and do all sorts of things with so much confidence about their own body physical body in the same way you can be confident about your subtle and causal body that's beautiful well since you were talking a little bit about um, these causal bodies and other aspects of yourself uh, and dream the dreams the dreamscape. I'd love to hear your perspective on near death experiences because there's something that's also come up in the last forty or fifty years. A lot of people coming out with these near death experiences, saying that they go to the other side and come back. I'd love to hear your perspective on it. And is there anything in the Vedic texts talking about near death experiences? Oh yes, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You can you can experience it. When you go deep in meditation, you you too can do that. You can have an out-of-body experience. It's not a big deal at all. <laughs> not for you, but for many people who have them, eh, it could be a big deal, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> now, yeah, it's, uh, it's a fact. It's a fact. I mean, um, you know, this near-death experience gives a glimpse to those who are just stuck with their little intellect and think this is all that, that there is and this is what... Uh, you know, it's truth for them. It gives a little glimpse of world beyond uh, our intellect, beyond our uh, perceived sensory experiences. And that's good. It's like, you know, in a dark night when there is a lightning that happens, you suddenly see all the buildings around you. Mm -hmm. In the same way, uh, these near-death experiences, I would say, is just that lightning in a dark night it gives you a glimpse of what are hidden. But in meditation, you know, it's like being in a daylight. You can see everything. Yes, very true. Very true. Well, Guru Dev, let me ask you, for people who are skeptical about this conversation or that there is another side or this other world, I'm sure you have come across people who are skeptical in your work, in your work. What would you tell them to, what would you say to them? If they're listening to this, that means there's a curiosity that is a an itch that needs to be scratched, but they're still, their intellect is saying, this is not possible. This is all BS. This is not working. What would you say to them? 
No, being skeptical is very good. I yes, would say people who are skeptical can find the truth, but not those who are cynical. Do not let your skepticism slip into cynicism. Skeptical at, uh, outlook is good with the possibilities. You should keep uh, the hope for possibilities. Right. Mm. So then you move towards uh, many possibilities. And any intelligent person will always uh, see from the area of possibilities. You see, skepticism is that center point from where you either slip into a scientific temper, no science can um, afford to be skeptical. They have to be open-minded and more uh, curious about things. On one side, there is curiosity. On the other side of skepticism is cynicism. Mm. So this is the middle point. And from here, you can really become curious. When you are curious, you will your quest for truth, for knowledge, for your authentic experience will wake up. Yeah. You don't no. have to be a believer. I would say a believer is already in some concept. You already believe in concept which you don't know. But if you're skeptical, it's okay. It's a right place to start. But as I said, you should go into quest of truth. Let me ask you this. Right now, it seems like spirituality and science are starting to come closer and cl closer and closer than they've ever been in recorded history to our knowledge. And the more people in science and quantum physics try to answer questions, the kind of closer they're getting to spiritual ideas and concepts that have been around for thousands of years. Do you find that to be true? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. You know, the, there are two thoughts uh, in the world. One is the oriental thought was never against science. Not one scientist was ever persecuted in the oriental thought because oh. it always emphasized on experience first and then believe. Mm. Whereas in the occidental thinking, it says you believe first and someday in the future you may get experience. So they are very opposite. And mm -hmm. the the paradigm of scientists, science always supports the former one. The later one, science does not approve. Says, I don't believe, but first let me experience it. Then I will believe. Mm -hmm. Right? And so, though both are correct, both have their own values. But science is more close to the oriental philosophy just because the methodology is the same. The criteria mm -hmm. is the same. Is that why it's taken so long for quantum physics to even be somewhat accepted? Because in the physics community, in the science community, quantum physics is still, as Einstein called it, spooky. Uh, because they can't, uh, you know, quantum entanglement. It doesn't make, you can't really prove kind of quantum. It doesn't make sense to them in the in the time and space world. But in the quantum world, it makes all the sense in the world. So why is that? Why are why is the establishment having so much trouble grabbing on to these new ideas? Well, uh, you know, uh, as I said, this is skepticism. Mm. We from the quest when we move into skepticism, 
it takes longer time. Of course, that makes all the sense. Mm-hmm. Now, in quantum physics, there's something called the observer effect. How does that relate to consciousness in spirituality? Of course, <laughs> of course. Yeah, in Sanskrit, there is a proverb that says, yatha drishti tata srishti, as you see, and that's how things would come. That means the observer has an impact on everything he's absorbing. So in quantum physics, to my understanding, there's a particle, but it doesn't really do anything until it's being observed. Once it's being observed, then it can be kind of be moved just purely by the observation of it. <laughs> so consciousness has a similar effect. I mean, without consciousness, this body wouldn't move. It would just be a bunch of cells together, yeah. correct? It, you know, it's as simple as the waves in the ocean. Every wave has an impact on any other wave, right? Mm -hmm. So one wave has come and this wave has an impact on the other wave. And in total, every wave is part of the ocean and the ocean impacts the wave and vice versa. So, uh, you know, everything impacts everything else. That's so obvious. When you see from the angle of physics or from spirituality, you feel the same unison there. Can you explain to people the concept of parallel realities? Um, from a spiritual perspective or from a Vedic perspective? No, the the moment you accept uh, there are layers of reality Mm -hmm. and you have accepted parallel reality. As I said, uh, the quantum chemistry is real, you see? Mm -hmm. And uh, quantum physics is real. Uh, Mm -hmm. It's the same doubt you make the cake from that same dough, you make sourdough bread, and you make pasta, you make pizza, you make chapati, all it. But the base is the same, right? So like this, the the world of differences Mm -hmm. is just a celebration of the world of oneness. So So multiple dimensions and parallel realities Oh, very true. I would say we must start from, instead of just imagining, we must start from um, our own dream state. A dream state is appears to be very real when we are dreaming. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. Right? And there are five different types of dreams. Mm-hmm. So some other time we can go in the in depth of these. But what yeah. all I would say for your question, uh, I would just say, uh, yes, there are parallel worlds and parallel realities are there. But make sure you don't get lost in any one of them. Why? Then it's like a needle stuck in the in the radio between two stations and you hear two things together then you need doctor's help <laughs> then you have to go <laughs> and get it fixed so i would not recommend anyone to uh, get into this too much you know there are channeling you can channel different energy you get different knowledge coming out of it uh, sometimes Dwelling in too much of the psychic thing can take you far away from this reality, the physical reality we are in. 
So we need to have a perfect balance, mm. you see, in life. So this is very important. That's why in the saints community, I would say saints community among saints, when they talk, if someone says, oh, someone got enlightened and said, is his intellect okay? Is he all right? <laughs> this is the first question they ask. Well, that's really... So you have to live in all this different reality at a time. So um, it's necessary for one to uh, take a balanced attitude in life. You see, you can't suddenly bring uh, a thousand watt uh, energy into a bulb which can only, uh, you know, have 200 watts. So uh, we need to increase the capacity of our system, of our nervous system, to reflect on different uh, realities, first of all. And then, as I said, we'll have to take a very balanced and steady attitude in this. Yeah. So, so when you are, when you are, um, in other words, you just can't be enlightened overnight, quote unquote, or have access to these realities overnight because your physical body and mind can't process that kind of energy or <laughs> or wattage. Correct. Yeah, that's why it takes years and years to build up the nervous system to handle this kind of energy. I've I've spoken to channels who've told me that that the first time a channeled energy came in, it was like they were about to explode almost, uh, and if they weren't prepared for it, it could actually overload their circuits. Yeah, I would say it won't take years and years. It takes time. It takes it's a little crazy. time. Yeah, yeah. It it takes time without question. <laughs> Can you um can you explain this concept of the now for people? Because it's such an interesting and simple but yet very complicated idea, the now, and how that and how that aligns with the quantum theory in general. The now. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> we just that was the answer. We're we we're there. We're there already. <laughs> It has no explanation. If you explain either you are in the past, uh, I mean past again, you are, you know, chewing, which has already been chewed. Now. <laughs> now. Now again. Now again. <laughs> that's beautiful. Um, the one thing that stays forever is now. And that's the only thing we have is now. Yeah. It's the only thing we have. When you, let, me, let me go back to what we were saying before in regards to like, oh, he just got enlightenment. Is his intellect okay? That's very interesting because when you are when you tap into the truth of who we are and that knowledge, let's say you have access to all the knowledge in the universe all of a sudden, that has to deal psychologically that must have some effect on the saint that is happening too. But is it, are they just been preparing so long that they can accept it and deal with it? Or sometimes does it go off, off the rails a bit? It's possible it goes off also. <laughs> right. Sometimes. Well, let me ask you this. With, with ego, there's, I mean, I'm sure you've come across, uh, you know, people who are like, I am the most spiritual. <laughs> I am much more spiritual than you. That's the ego chasing the spiritual goal as opposed to a financial goal or a career goal or a love goal. <laughs> it's now chasing the spiritual goal. How can we not fall into that trap of the ego 
running our spiritual quest. See, when your vision is broadened, uh, there is very little chance. What you identify yourself as me is what is it's not even a speck of dust in the whole universe, <laughs> right? So when the magnanimity, of, when the when this magnificent, uh, enormous universe is in your consciousness, there is nothing that uh, holds you back and identifying yourself. I am, I'm the most uh, whatever <laughs> natural person, and uh, the one who have no ego, all that stuff. These are all this is all kindergarten stuff, you know. At that time, mm-hmm. I would say ego is nothing but uh, a wall of separation. I am different from the others. That one, and uh, at some point of time, this this doesn't uh, exist. It's not prominent; just drops. So there is no comparison. That's why mm-hmm. I say in in spiritual field. Comparison is something that first drops drops off by itself. You don't need to do. Uniqueness is something that uh, wells up. See, mm. everyone is so unique. See? And then uh, in this whole universe, there is no uh, high or low, but this is the um, outlook, that reality that just dawns on one. No. Can, in your opinion, can the quantum field theory be seen as a magnification of cosmic consciousness? Uh, uh, yes and no. You can say, yes, it gives you, it just shocks your intellect to become still mm-hmm. and stunned for a while, say, that's it. And so when you say, that's it, and you are in the now and in an all. See, science leads you to a space of awe, you know, say, wow. Mm -hmm. And when the wow is there, that's the basis, that's a preface for spiritual awakening. Spirituality, first step is um, Vismaya in Sanskrit, that's called uh, uh, astonishment. Astonishment Mm. leads you in the spiritual path. Yeah? Okay. So, Guru Dev, in your experience uh, right now, throughout your life, have you seen this kind of consciousness awakening in humanity more so than you did when you were born to where we are now, having these public conversations? I cannot compare, and I would not, because at different places, different uh, people had different experiences. We never had social media. We never had even cell phones in those days. Um how can we say that people didn't have a wow experience in their life? You know, okay. uh, it will be a futile exercise. I would say it's like counting how many waves have arisen from in the ocean, which is irrelevant. And in times and uh, time and again, people have recorded their experiences, and those experiences have stood up. That doesn't mean others did not have those experiences. Got yeah. it. Now, uh, can you tell me really quickly about your World Cultural Festival and what you're trying to achieve with it? You know, festivals are there not to achieve anything, but to express what is. So World Culture Festival is an expression of diversity. 
if you really want to say it, uh, that it attribute any achievement to it, I would say it is most needed today as we are so polarized in the world and this country especially. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. Rising violence, 2.9 mass shootings per day, and one person taking his or her life every 40 seconds. All these, uh, you know, um, uh, maladies of our society uh, can over can only be overcome by coming together and realizing, seeing life from a bigger perspective of one world family. So we will be having meditation. When we meditate all together, it creates a more collective spirit and energy. Uh, it uplifts the consciousness. So there will be a big meditation and then music and dance and world cuisine, people to share uh, healthy food from around the world. Yes. Every five years we have been holding this. This is the fourth edition uh, of World Culture Festival. And and, and it's here in Washington, D.C. That's beautiful. And, and on the knowledge front, I would say all these other questions, what you have been asking, I put this uh, latest book, which has become the bestseller now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Notes for the Journey Within. Mm-hmm. And this book, uh, I have given tips of how you can manage your emotions, how to be in touch with that element deep inside of you, which is so beautiful and which is so uh, full of love and light. Yeah, I appreciate my friend, Gurudev, thank you so much for being on the show. And thank you for all the amazing work you're doing in the world. I appreciate you. Wonderful. Wonderful. Bye. I want to thank Guru Dev so much for coming on the show and sharing his knowledge with all of us. If you want to get links to anything we spoke about in this episode, please head over to the show notes at nextlevelsoul.com forward slash 328. And if you've only been listening to this over podcast and you want to watch these amazing conversations, please subscribe to our YouTube channel at nextlevelsoul.com forward slash YouTube. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, trust the journey. It is here to teach you. I'll talk to you soon.